Hi, I'm Father Daniel Duplantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest Podcast. Have you ever wondered what the Church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this bonus episode. If you guys are listening on the podcast, you guys know that season three has already ended, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a bridge between the gap of season three and season four that's coming out in September. So we decided to do a little bonus episode. And then if you're watching on YouTube, this is just a bonus episode for you guys. So today I have a special guest with me. We have Savannah Dudzik. Hello, everyone. It's been a second. I know. It's been like forever trying to work things out logistically on my end. Savannah's always open to stuff. I've, <laughs> I've always been busy. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, we we used to do so much together like last year and the year before. And then when you move across the country, you kind of like, we didn't lose touch. Like we were still talking every once in a while, but it's so, it's just a whole different ball game. We can't just like meet up for coffee and say, oh, hey, we're going to record a YouTube video now. Yeah, totally and I think Right, because I think that's the transition that really was the struggle because we were so used to like every single Sunday or every month right, or two having something. All the yeah. time. And then when you don't have that, like you forget to text or if mm-hmm. you try to call, like it's never a good time and mm-hmm. it's because work hours and stuff. So yeah, I'm glad that we're finally getting back into the swing of things because by the title of this episode, people know it's about the one year anniversary of overturning Roe versus Wade. Um I guess, but first, did you want to introduce yourself for those that might not be familiar with yeah, you? Yeah, so since Amber has just become famous in my absence, I will introduce myself for those <laughs> who don't know me. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm Savannah, and Amber and I have known each other for probably five, six years now, something around there. Yeah. Um, we met in a, on a March for Life to DC that's where we met right 20 so 20 so like three and a half years okay so maybe not that long but it feels like that long (laughs) um we met on the march for life to Washington DC and we just kind of completely kept in touch because we were doing very similar things in the Chicagoland area during the same time and when I lived in Chicago I worked for Illinois right to life I worked in communication so I was very involved in the pro-life sphere and then Amber was building her her Catholic reach and so we would go, we would like tag team on things. We'd go to banquets together. We'd go to press conferences together. We'd go to events together. We did a lot of stuff when the uh, Latin mass was banned in Chicago. And so then I moved to Florida and I started working for live action. I work for culture of life fashion now, and I have a podcast. So we've just kind of been in similar spheres, not quite the same, but similar spheres for a couple years now. And um, yeah, Amber's just a really good friend as well. So we are friends as well yeah (laughs) that helps the friendship part helps a little bit (laughs) for sure for sure it's really nice when you have people because obviously and I'm sure you feel the same way there's Mm -hmm. so many people in these spheres and there's so many good people in these spheres but the people that you actually know personally it's a lot easier to work with because you can be like hey I'm today doesn't work like they just (laughs) went to a mess and we're gonna do it tomorrow whereas if you did that with someone you weren't so personal with they'd be like oh she's unreliable you know yeah so it's much easier to work around um life stuff and we all have life stuff especially those of us in our early 20s um oh yeah it, I know we literally tried filming this podcast twice so yes. yeah this is the second but time and it's exciting but you know and we're good yeah yeah but no yeah it's it's just so interesting especially when you're in the sphere and we're so young I feel like there's so many more experienced Mm -hmm. older people that are kind of intimidating and they don't mean to be it's just automatically like they've been doing this for so long like you know in your in your realm like Abby Johnson Lila Mm -hmm. Rose in my realm people that I don't mainly men I mean mainly men (laughs) I mean when you have decades of experience on us you know obviously Obviously, you're going to be more knowledgeable than us. But the thing that I've found with a lot of old pe- older people is that they want young people. You know, mm-hmm. they want young people to take their place. It's just how exactly they they transfer it over. You know what I mean? It's just like a transfer 
transferring the baton over to us. Right. And it's hard to find people that are, are, you know, willing to do that and train the younger people. I mean, maybe not as much in the pro-life world, but in the Catholic world, Mm -hmm. it's like you really have to learn your own stuff. Nobody's going to show you how to do it. Um, And so, and also most of the Catholic stuff, it's based off your own experience, um, you know, in the sense of testimonies. Like most of my, my ministry was based off my own testimony. Right. And nobody can be like, oh, that's wrong, you know? But if you start Mm -hmm. teaching about apologetics, then they're just like, what? (laughs) They're just like, I don't think you got that right. You know, you have to really be on top of it. Really be on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so getting into our topic today. So basically, um, this is going to be a podcast slash video about the overturning of Roe versus Wade, because it is officially the year anniversary when this podcast comes out. And so Savannah, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, what was it like on that year? So, it's the year anniversary and it's crazy to me that I'm saying like we we started talking um a couple months ago about how oh it's going to be the year anniversary of Roe v Wade and it really didn't hit me because it, it it's been a year right where mm-hmm. when since the Supreme Court has said that legal protection that states can enact laws that will give the preborn legal protection but there was so much leading up to the overturning of Roe v. Wade that it really didn't it really didn't seem real. Last year there was so much turmoil in the pro-abortion movement. There are so many things, so many crazy things that they did. They were protesting outside of Supreme Court justices' house. That is incredibly unprecedented. The the decision was literally leaked. That should never happen in the United States. And so a year from now, looking back on that, looking back on the literal war that we had to go through to get to this decision, which should have, you know, Roe v. Wade should have never been passed in the first place. The turmoil that we had to go through, it just, it makes me, I guess it, it makes me kind of proud of all the pro-life leaders who stood their ground. This was a time when we really could have backed down. We could have said, okay, you know, Supreme Court, just do what you want. This is too much for us. You know, people were getting hate mail. People were getting hate emails. People were getting people showing up to their houses. Some pro, some large pro-life leaders had to literally move because they were getting threatened. This should never happen at the level of the Supreme Court, which is supposed to be the most, um, the most unbiased, you know, court in America. So looking back on that kind of, and I, I remember, I don't know, Amber, if like we talked about it the whole time because I was in the process of moving as well. Yeah. So a little bit like, oh, I'm moving to Florida and like this is all happening and all this stuff. But a year from now, you know, there's a lot of people asking and I'm already getting media requests. You know, what is the pro-life movement doing? Like, what what is our goal now? Because after Roe, there were a lot of people who were worried that the pro-life movement was just going to stop, that we were going to stop what we're doing and just kind of like give up. Um, And that's the opposite of what happened. We grew we grew exponentially and we are continuing to face. And honestly, now there's there's a war with in, in, involving chemical abortion, right? They're trying to make chemical abortion not only easy access, but access for anyone at any time, anywhere. You know, they're making comedy skits about it. So we really just had to ramp up our, our goals and our um, prerogatives even more but the question that a lot of people ask is okay what's the next step like Mm. I know all the states are doing different things but like what what do you want and we have this we released a lot of pro-life groups many of the pro-life groups um, in America released a statement together and maybe a little later I'll read a few lines in the statement and we're pushing for equal protection we want equal protection for all of the pre-born and that is kind of you know there's been a lot of pushback on that because that's saying we want abortion illegal everywhere across America. And that's kind of obvious when you think, oh, yeah, you're pro-life, like you want abortion illegal. But there's been a lot of incremental steps, and we're going to continue to use those incremental steps. But the ultimate goal is for abortion to be illegal. So Roe v. Mm-hmm. Wade being overturned was literally a stepping stone. That's all it was. It was a huge victory, but it was literally just a stepping stone to get to our end goal, which is that all pre-born humans have equal protection in the United States. Right. And I remember that day because I, I do remember, I think. No, what were you doing on that day, Amber? I was pet sitting. You, you were doing what? I was pet sitting. I was doing the exact same thing I was doing since last yesterday. 
<laughs> so on the the first day I started pet sitting, that was the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Oh and it was also the solemnity of the Sacred Heart. Right. If you and remember that's that. Beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. I remember my priest told me after, he, like, everything was crazy when, when it was overturned. I was trying to get a press release out, all this stuff. And I, I saw a text from him, and he was like, Roe v. Wade was overturned while I was celebrating mass. Like, oh, gives me chills. So good. And it's so true. And, you know, we, we have to understand that there is a religious component to it. I mean, you don't have to be Catholic to be pro-life, but you do have to be pro-life to be Catholic. Um, and so when that happened, I was just floored. It was not what I was expecting because everyone was saying, you know, like, because it got leaked, all the you know, the court justices, they were going to be, um, they were going to change their decision because of all the threats and everything that was going on. And when they didn't, I was just like, yes, finally, something we can work with, something that was literally based off a lie has officially been rebuttaled and like taken yeah. down. And so that has just been such a blessing to our nation. And it's given us more power, you know, to be able to just kind of start weeding it out even further and get to the root. And, and so many Planned Parenthoods have closed. Um, there's just been a increase of blessings, I think, since yeah. then. And I don't know what the numbers are right now, but as of December, there were an, an estimated 10,000, or sorry, yeah, no, I think it was 10 million lives that were saved in the U.S. Really? I, I believe. I'm okay. not positive. We can keep talking and I'll have to look up that number, but this was as of December. Okay, I was going to say, because, I mean, that would, with how many... Um, abortions they perform every single day, that number would not surprise me because it just there's an estimated two thousand abortion more than two thousand abortions per um per day. Isn't it like two thousand eight hundred something? Yeah. Two yeah. It's two, like three, two three eight three yeah. Two three yeah. It's like that's insane. Like wh- how how do oh, we? Yeah, allow there, I mean, there were thirty two thousand fewer legal abortions in the six months after Dobbs. That that's mm. just months so now you know it's what sixty four thousand. like the these are a lot and it's i was i was watching some war movie last night <laughs> with my boyfriend <laughs> i do not watch war movies on my own um <laughs> not my choice in movie but i was thinking because what he said something he was like he's like can you believe that um that that they did that it, i think it was world war ii i don't remember i was kind of falling asleep but he was like can you believe that they allowed this to happen. And whenever somebody says that about like a, a, a previous historic happening, whenever somebody says that, I'm like, I think, you know, decades from now, we're going to have movies on abortion and our children are going to say, I can't believe that they did that. But it's not killing innocent, or the war movies, you know, it's not necessarily killing innocent people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Holocaust, of course, was killing innocent people. But right. even then, like, it was nothing near the magnitude of killing 2000 children every day. Like we just, I don't, I really don't think we can comprehend it. I really don't think that even us in the pro-life movement, maybe especially us, because sometimes we're desensitized to it, you know, especially when it's our job, we can't comprehend the fact that there's that really, I, I mean, really there's nothing else we should be doing with our lives. You know, not, I mean, not everyone is called to work full time in this, but every opportunity you get, you know, every opportunity you get to talk about this, to say something, to um, to open up the doors to conversations. That's why, like, people always say, oh, Savannah, you're a walking billboard for the pro-life movement. Like, even today, like, I'm wearing my smile and protect life. Oh, yeah. I got oh, mine, too. Oh, my gosh. I love yours. Oh, I love that one. That's that's Illinois Right to Life shirt. Mm-hmm. I have that same one. But, really cute. you know, people say that, and I'm like, well, I mean – you have to be like, that's the least I can do. There's legal killing of 2000 people every day in the U S like blows my mind how you could just not care about that. So anyway, no, it's so true. And definitely, um, for lack of a better term, we need more Gerber babies, you know, for the pro-life movement, more Mm -hmm. people where like you see them and you're like, Oh, they're pro-life, you know, but it also means you have a target on your back. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, it's like, how do you deal with, you know, how do you deal with feeling as though you have that target on your back? Because I wore this Illinois needs pro-life, more pro-life men. And I didn't even know I was wearing it, but um, I just (laughs) sometimes that happened. That happened to me last night when I went to Pilates and I was like, 
oh crap I'm wearing a bright pink pro-life shirt and none of them are pro-life anyway go ahead yeah no it's true and like that was a thing and I got such weird looks when I went for a walk and I was like you know what mind your business but also (laughs) but also like they genuinely were just like this is weird because it's a very liberal area you know Mm -hmm. Chicago in general is but especially the suburbs and um it was just odd so how do you deal with that because you're you're out there like you are on the sidewalks and stuff yeah it was so it was I never really had an issue growing up like I was always pretty outspoken about it and honestly even in high school I went to a public high school people didn't agree with me but the issue really started when Roe, with the year before Roe was going to be overturned and when Roe was overturned. And it was especially hard for me because I moved. I moved to a new place. I moved to Florida and people were like, what do you do for work? Like, oh, Savannah, like, nice to meet you. You moved down here. You know, I was meeting some of my friends' friends and it's like, oh, I work full time in the pro-life movement. Like I'm going to DC this week because Roe's overturned, you know? It's not not necessarily something that you can just be like, oh, I work in finance, you know, or, oh, I, I could just say I work in marketing, but that's kind of a cop out, I think. So immediately when I moved down here, it was a super tension filled time in our country. And I was working in a job that was, you know, literally a target. And so it was difficult when I met people because I really wanted to just say, oh, I work in marketing. Like, you know, what, what marketing organization do you work for? Oh, like a human rights activist organization, right? But I knew that this is also the time this was and this still is also the time when people are the most um, ready to hear about it, you know, the most interested in it. It's a topic at dinner tables where it wasn't before two, three years ago. So I definitely I definitely tried my best and I was not always perfect at it, but I tried my best to, you know, say what who I was and what I was doing and talk to people about it. And of course, I got hate. But honestly, you know, we get hate, obviously, but I think that in person, and I don't know if you've experienced this before, Amber, in your DMs, you'll get hate all the time. Yeah. But in person, people kind of respect you. You know, even if they don't agree with you, they respect you because you're standing for something. And that's the experience that I've had. When I'm in person with people and, you know, I, I say what I do, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll do a double take, but then they'll be like, oh, you know, she stands for something. That's kind of cool. That's kind of something rare in our world mm-hmm. right now. So that's, I, I really had some good experiences when I moved down here, especially, I mean, there, there was even one time over the summer when I, so I got 2022 or sorry, 1972 to 2022 tattooed on my arm right after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I went on like a lot of boats that summer with friends, with friends of friends, all this stuff. And so I would have, my arm would be out, right? And they'd see this, this large lettering. And a lot of people thought it was a birth date or a death date. Well, when I explained it to them, these people on the boats, a lot of them were not conservative, Catholic, pro-life, right? They're just crazy, whatever, random people, not random people. I knew a lot of them, but some of them I didn't know, you know, some of them were friends of friends. And I had a few really good conversations on those boats. I remember one I had with with this girl. She was about my age, super liberal, super liberal, like ultra liberal um, to, to the extent that you can imagine. And, and, you know, she was just like, well, you're a woman. Like, why are you pro-life? That, that just seems like that doesn't make any sense. And I explained to her about, you know, and she was asking all these questions about, well, what are we going to, what do pro-lifers do for kids after they're born? Why, like, why is this so important? Like, isn't this men controlling you? And I really explained to her how, you know, abortion is actually, and Live Action has a great satire video on this. I'm, and we're going to do some more in DC this week, <laughs> but um, abortion is actually, actually benefits men. It really benefits. It's a tool of the patriarchy and it's a tool used to control women and for men to not have responsibility because they won't have to pay child support. I explained to her stuff like that. And she just, she really, she didn't change her mind, but her mind was kind of blown. She was like, she literally told me, she was like, I didn't know any of this. Like I thought the pro-life movement was just a bunch of old men, you know? (laughs) And so it's just shows how much like spreading knowledge and spreading the truth can have an effect on our world in everyday conversations. You don't have to go out to the front of the Supreme court. You have to do it in your neighborhood, you know? And I mean, Amber, I know it's hard for you as well. Probably a lot harder for you up there than it is down here. And I know, I know it was for me because I mean, you live in the suburbs of Chicago. People are absolutely not willing. It's insane. It's insane what people do here. Like the amount of 
violence that happens mm -hmm. so close to Chicago, in Chicago, in the suburbs. There was a shooting that just happened like a couple days ago down the street from us. And it's just, you know, I feel like Florida, you definitely have that to an extent, like not the, that part, but like you have the liberals. Oh, of course. Right. But then for the most part, yeah. Florida is a very red state. You know, it's oh, very sure. supportive of these things. And mm -hmm. living in a blue state that is so violent, I, I'd like to use that term because it is. Yeah, um, yeah. It is very, it is very hard, you know, to be pro-life in a very violent state, you know, and that's for any blue state anywhere. And some red states are like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it's it, I can definitely tell the differences between when I go to like a place that's very conservative and like, you know, red versus mm -hmm. a blue state. It's like you're more bold about your views and you can talk okay. about these things. Yeah. But when you're near Chicago, big cities, New York, Seattle, like any of those areas, you have to really be careful, like who you talk to and what you say to them regarding your views, because um, in those situations, you probably would put a target on your back if somebody oh, doesn't sure. agree with you. For sure. For sure. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that it's definitely a lot harder in Chicago in those areas. But I also think that um, it, living in Florida for like a year now has made me a lot more confident, I guess, in, in speaking about it. And so when I do go to these states, yes, I'm probably putting a target on my back, you know, but um, but there are, and I mean, I, I will just say this outright. Like, I think that there are some things worth dying for. And I'm not saying that I'm going to die for the pro-life movement, but I'm saying that I'm saying that kind of in a figurative sense, there are some things worth putting a target on your back for, you know, mm -hmm. I would rather put a target on my back and speak up in the middle of Chicago to a group of dozens and dozens of people about this and then have them be angry at me then not say anything and potentially not save a couple lives you know i think that that one of the biggest things in the pro life movement now and after this i'm going to i want to give up get up i want to read something from um the big press release that all these pro life organizations put out but um uh, one of the biggest things to remember and to kind of think about is the value of one human life you know and especially if you're especially if you're Christian or Catholic, you know, this means even more to you. You have the potential to, even if you just save one life, you know, that's one life for eternity. That's one life that's going to, that's going to, you know, hopefully thank you when you get to the gates of heaven. And so it's like, what sacrifices are you taking in your life? One of our um, um, great writers at Live Action was saying on one of our meetings yesterday, she was saying, how well do you sleep at night? You know, how well do you sleep at night? Do you sleep knowing that you did everything that you can to protect the preborn that day? Or do you say, oh, like, I'm just, you know, take, going to take a few hours off, you know, I'm going to take a few hours to myself. Not that you shouldn't take time to yourself, but in every little aspect of your life, there's ways to help save the preborn. And it takes courage and it also takes knowledge. Like you really have to be knowledgeable on this in order to talk about it. Otherwise, you're just going to make a fool of yourself, honestly. Um, and I've done that plenty of times. I've gotten into interviews that I really shouldn't have been in. And then I've been like, hmm, I'm just going to change the subject because I don't know how to answer this. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, and, you know, having a, having a good relationship with God is first and foremost. I could not do this if I didn't have a good relationship with God. And I'm sure, I'm sure, Amber, you feel the same exact way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there are so many people we wouldn't have today if it, you know, if people did not advocate for pro-life stuff, you know, there's so many celebrities that were going to be aborted. I mean, there's somebody even on, um, what was that? Um, I forget. She's, she's pretty popular nowadays. Um, what is her name? What? There's, there's so many, pro there's so many people. I forget. But, but the point is, is that there are so many people like, had they actually gotten an abortion, we wouldn't have Justin Bieber because his mom right. would have been aborted. We would have, I mean, you know, there's just so many people we would have lost and we do lose every single day to abortion. Like, right. who else are we losing, you know, that never got a chance to make their mark on the world? Right. And I think that's the hardest part. And I also think that we do have a due, a due diligence to stand up and advocate for abortion in these blue states because- mm -hmm. Who else is going to do it? You know, yeah, it's a primarily blue state and there's going to be liberals everywhere. There's going to be people who are conservative and support abortion. There's going to be a bunch of different things. But we still have a duty, like you said, like to stand up 
in a crowd and be like, I'm going to save a life, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it means putting a target on your back. And I think that is something we need to take into account. Like, yes, be safe about it because I mean, don't be dumb about it. Don't be, you know, go with a group of people. You know, if you have, you know, if you're near a police station, that's wonderful. Like, don't be dumb about it. I'm not saying put yourself in your harm's way on purpose, but when you have the facts and the knowledge, you know, go out and talk to people on the streets right now in Florida, we're fighting something that's, that's crazy. So, and I just learned more about it yesterday, but so in Florida, you know, it's a pretty red state, but in being so there's a lot of targets on our back for people, Mm -hmm. you know, for people who are um, leaning towards the more blue state attitude to bring people in from different States and literally try to corrupt our state. So anyway, Mm -hmm. um, there's a constitutional amendment that they're trying to pass which would make it so that we can't pass any abortion bans. It would make abortion legal up until 26 weeks, which is literally like all abortions almost. Yeah. Yeah. So what they're doing is, and I just learned the details of this yesterday and it blows my mind. They're paying people from different states $50 an hour, $50 an hour to come down here. They're flying them down here to come down here and have people sign a petition. And there's like, so many of them, like, think about if you were, if you were pro-abortion, even if you weren't, if you were just neutral and you got told, I'll fly you to Florida, right? A very desirable state to go to, pay yeah. $50 an hour. All you have to do is stand on the street and ask people to sign this petition. Nobody knows what they're doing. I've talked to so many people out there. Nobody knows what they're signing. They say, oh, it's a petition for women's rights. Oh, it's a petition so that women won't die from pregnancy. I'm like, do oh you gosh. know what you're talking about? <laughs> so we have to be careful. Like this stuff is coming. So that's, that's the thing. This year has been the busiest year in the pro-life movement. It has been the most, like the most activism has been required. The most new things have been popping out. I just want to read one little part from this. Um, it it's, it's published on the national review and it's basically a statement of what, because a lot of people are like, what's the pro-life movement doing? What's their next step? The title of it is the pro-life movement should follow its North star, equal protection, North star, meaning like, this is what, like, this is what's leading us. Um, so I'll just read the beginning. Um, for nearly 50 years, the pro-life movement worked tirelessly to overturn Roe v. Wade, the 1973 court, Supreme Court ruling that prohibited states from protecting unborn children from the lethal violence of abortion. Millions prayed, marched, petitioned, voted, and made their voices heard to correct a grievous constitutional error. In 2022, sorry, in 2022, those efforts achieved success. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization was a generational win, an answer to prayer, and a monumental political and legal achievement. Now that Roe is gone, the pro-life movement must direct its effort to achieve our ultimate end goal, ending abortion by ensuring equal protection for children in the womb. To be pro-life is to affirm that the lives of innocent human beings deserve legal protection from violence both before and after birth. There can be no distinction between someone's biological humanity and his or her legal personhood. All human beings are a person. There are no classes of subpersonal human beings. The very idea of a human being who is relegated to the status of a non-person is a moral atrocity. From the earliest embryonic stage to the very end of life, each and every human being is a person and a bearer of the fundamental dignity and unalienable right to life. So there's a little more after that, but it's, I think that it, it's really good that, and there, there's a lot of pro-life organizations that side on to this, live action and along with like, honestly, most of the other pro-life organizations in America. And I think it's really good that we have a unifying effort, that our end goal is very clear. We don't just want to minimize abortion we want to make abortion absolutely illegal because we don't think that you can separate being a human from being a person every time we've done that in history something it's has gone wrong <laughs> so um yeah that that's what i would say i mean i'm i'm really excited um we're having well i guess this the day that this comes out we will be in dc many of the pro-life de- generation hundreds and hundreds of us will be having mm-hmm. a press conference uh, you know, we're saying we're, we're not backing down, like Roe is over, but that doesn't mean we're gone. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a huge women's march pr- that we're going to be protesting because, you know, they're going to be quote unquote women's march. They're going to be marching for the right to kill their child. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's a really exciting time. You know, I feel like Amber, we live in such exciting times. We do. <laughs> and, and it's so crazy because, because they're crazy, but 
You know, we're made for a time like this. I agree. As Saint was that Saint Joan of Arc who said that you were made for Saint times. Joan of Arc said that it's yeah, it's in Esther too. Amber, oh yeah, you, Esther. Did you think getting into um, being a Catholic communicator that it would be during these times? You know what? I don't know what I expected, but when I became a Catholic communicator when COVID started, I was just like, oh. I see. You're like, you're, I'm getting myself into a whole different ballgame here. Yeah. And also the fact that when all of this did originally start, I was not, you know, I was not educated in almost anything. I just was sharing my testimony and then passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. But then the more people would ask questions, the more I would have to research. And then it turned into this Catholic communicator thing. People wanted to start hearing my story and it started inspiring a lot of people who felt the same thing, you know, they fell away right. from the faith and then they came back. It could be as vague as that. And it connects, you know, mm-hmm. it resonates with them. Um, and so even in like the pro-life movement and things like that, the the pro-life movement is huge in, you know, Catholicism. It's, it's a, it's a huge part of what we believe as Catholics that every human life has dignity and, and has a soul and, um, and that's worth protecting. Right. And so, it's a huge part of being Catholic is being pro-life. And so that's how we kind of got connected, you know, through 2020 March for yeah. Life. Yeah. And everybody got sick on that trip. It was great. I think, I think everybody got COVID. Crazy. Honestly, right. Because that was right. Was that right before COVID? No. Yeah. The first outbreak was in DC and we all got sick. That on the wasn't right the home. year before COVID. That was the year of COVID. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Cause it didn't come out until March, 2020. Right, 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 right. Okay. It, well, at least by in the United States. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I think we all had COVID. <laughs> which was was like, crazy. I forgot that that was that year, but yeah, I mean, we're like, you know, whenever anyone's like, I hate when people say there's this trend on Instagram that that is that is cool. I mean, I like the trend. Like I would make a video of it, but I don't like the premise of it. It's like, um, and I, it's kind of old now. It's kind of a couple months old, but it's like I wasn't born for this time. You know, like I was born to live. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. They're like, I was born to live in the 1800s, whatever. Yeah. Okay, sure. Like, yes. Okay. Like, I would love living then too, but that's <laughs> that's denying. Like, that's. God put you in this time for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. God knows what's going to happen. He put you in this time for a reason. We were all, all of us who are here, we're born for this time, you know? Yeah. We were I think born it's mainly, I think mainly though, is it's like people don't understand God, you know, and they don't believe in yeah. him. And so right. they think no, that the so universe true. made a mistake. Right. And right. it's like, sweetie, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the universe. You're God. The man who, like the person who created the universe. Right does not make mistakes but no yeah so it's just been such a crazy uh journey and yeah I've I've witnessed so many trends on reels and TikTok and I mean I've been banned on TikTok for a while now so you know it's been like a year and a couple months but the main thing being is that you know people this is a very godless society and that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons abortion is so prominent these days you know it's just so it's so sad to see but I think with people like you in the pro-life movement and who you're working with and um, my group of people in Catholicism and things and, and, you know, we're all working for a greater good. And I think we will reach there hopefully for our kids' generation or yeah. their kids' generation. Yeah. I know I have a lot of hope. I think, I think us, all of us in the pro-life movement have a lot of hope right now. There's a lot of bad things going on, but there are a lot of good people standing up. There are a lot of people who are neutral who were neutral before last year, who are standing up. So that's right. a, a really amazing thing. Yes. No, 100%. I completely agree. Let's get into some questions. Right. Are you ready for some questions? Yes, I am. Okay. How do I deal with bullying and ridicule in high school for being pro-life? Yeah, that's a, it's a difficult one. You know, there's not one good answer for this, for bullying and ridicule at any point of, in your life, but especially in high school, because in high school, you... I mean, at least for me, high school was the time when I wanted to be the most accepted. Like you will never want to be accepted like you do in high school, any other time in your life. So I think one, it's important to remember that this is, you know, this is four years of your life, but it's really a small fraction of your life. And I think one great way is you need to have friends who are your same faith. You know, you need to have friends who are your same faith, who are your same, not not even in regards to being pro-life, you know, not even your same faith, who believe that, you know, 
human life is valuable and we should protect it. So surrounding yourself with those kind of people is a really good way. Educating yourself, that's what I found because when I was in high school, none of my friends were pro-life. You know, none of my friends were pro-life. Um, but I educated myself on it and I was able to talk about it and discuss it with people. And that was really helpful for me because before I knew, you know, all the logistics on it, all the laws, I felt kind of like, oh, I'm pro-life, but I don't really know what I'm talking about. So why should I even talk about it? Once you arm yourself, you know, arm yourself with knowledge, arm yourself with education, and you will feel a lot more confident talking about it to your friends. And then also having a prayer life is so important. The times when I've done the worst in this movement is when I haven't had a good prayer life. It is so important to have a good prayer life, have a good relationship with God, because ultimately he's the one who you should be looking for approval from. It's so true. No, 100%. I agree with everything you said. And I'm not that like my main thing is Catholicism. But when I learned about like we went to a bunch of sidewalk counseling meetings and mm -hmm. stuff and trained and things. And that helped me feel like, OK, right. now I can talk about this, too. Right. So classes are incredible. So I completely agree. Um, can you be pro-life and pro-gun? This is a good one. Okay, of course you can. Yes, you can. The short answer is yes. My um, one of my friends, though, because I was I was talking to him about it. He gave me a good analogy, so I forgot to find it. Let me find the analogy. No, you're good. Because it was really good, and I wanted to share it. This is why um, we need friends and connections. Yeah, I was like, hey, can you give me a good? I was like, um, my my first thought when I saw this question beforehand is, you know, guys, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Mm -hmm. It's a slogan, but it's literally true. That's the short answer. You know, that's like say, you know, anything, anything can kill a person. It's not about that. It's about the person. And the reason we have, I mean, I could get all into this, but the reason we have a crisis with like school shootings and stuff like that is because people aren't pro-life. Yeah. It's not because they have a gun. It's because they're not pro-life. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so his analogy was, I said, can you explain to me why you can be pro-life and pro-gun? He said, yeah, objects don't kill people. Vacuums don't kill people. People who use vacuums to rip live babies out of mother's wombs kill people. Hmm. It's true. You know, it's like we, I really think that, and I'm, I'm very, I'm probably more pro-gun than a lot, probably you too, Amber. You know, there's a lot of people in the pro-life community, the Christian community who are kind of just like neutral on guns because sure. I'm so like conservative and involved in that movement. I understand that like, I want the right to protect myself. You know, I want yes. to have, we do have the right under the second amendment to protect ourselves. I have the right to own a gun, you know? Well, yeah, but plus you're a small woman, like you're petite, like me, you know, we're both small. And so I really think that you kind of, you should be pro-gun to be pro-life. You know, it is pro-life to be pro-gun. You're going to be protecting your family. You're going to be protecting yourself, protecting innocent people around you. So I think this whole argument that you can't be pro-life and pro-gun should be flipped the other way, you know, should be like, no, you should be pro-gun to be pro-life. So that's what I would say. I agree. No, I completely agree. What are some good pro-life accounts to follow? Oh, there are so many. Um, live action is probably my favorite. It's just at live action org on Instagram. And I think basically the same on the other channels. Um, Students for Life is a great one. If you're in Illinois, Illinois Right to Life. I've been loving their content lately. I really have been. Um, so that's a good one. Um, my account is at sav.speakslife. And I... I tend to share a lot of like other pro-life accounts. So you'll be able to find a lot of other pro-life accounts from that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for like fashion, culture of life fashion, they give back to crisis pregnancy centers. They're a great account to follow. Um, but once you follow some of those accounts, you'll kind of like, they'll share other people's accounts and you'll kind of get into the other accounts. Mm, perfect. Yeah. I, I follow a ton of pro-life accounts and I think most of them I've gotten from your channel. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I like oh. to share other people's stuff. And then then like other people share stuff, too. And then you kind of just get all the accounts. To follow. You, can, you know, a little community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How can men respond to it's a woman's issue? Oh, I love this one because and honestly, men have been loving this lately, too, because they need to get more involved. Honestly, man. OK, the thing is, we kind of screwed up a little bit as a pro-life movement initially because we we said we basically said without saying it that it's a women's issue. You know, we said women need to be the face of it. Women, it's all about women, right? Well, if we actually believe that it's a human rights issue, it's not a woman's issue. It's a mm -hmm. human rights issue. So we need to act like that. Women and men in the pro-life movement. It's a human rights issue. Humans are being killed. Everyone needs to be involved. 
that's what I would say. Also, it takes two to make a baby, you know, just because yep. it's in the woman's body doesn't mean she's the one who created it. Mm-hmm. Um, men need to be more involved for sure. And also, um, I would say, you know, if I was going to get into talking to this person about this a little bit more, I would say, um, actually, like abortion benefits men. So for men to step up is even greater because abortion is a tool of the patriarchy because it's, you know, it can be used as a tool of the patriarchy because when a man only has to pay $400, $500 for an abortion, like at the most, like when he only has to pay that amount compared to thousands and thousands of dollars and dozens and dozens of years supporting paying child support, it's an easy answer, right? It's easy out for the man. It causes, it causes sex without commitment. It causes men to be absolute scumbags and leave women in the dust, um, leave women in the dust, you know, either paying for or not paying for this horrific procedure, not having to pay child support. It literally just deletes all responsibility that men have. So Men need to be very much more involved. It's a human rights issue, not a women's issue. I agree 100%. So then how do we get more men involved? Oh, this is a good one. Um, I think that organizations such, I mean, I guess I, I work for live action, so I guess I'll just, I'll just tout live action, is doing a really good job of it. You know, men, I think that men inherently want to be involved, but they think that their place isn't is it in the public sphere, you know? So, okay, if you don't think that your place is, you know, on the sidewalks talking to women going in, then you can do the research. You know, you can you can be the manpower when we have these rallies. We have we have so many men on the live action team, you know? Don't think that because you're you're not a woman doesn't mean that you can't work for a pro-life organization. It just might look a little different. If you don't want to be behind the camera or if you don't want to be in front of the camera, you can be the one. We need people to help us put up stages, you know, to help us um, carry large equipment, you know, to help us with all the logistics of traveling. Um, I, but the other thing that I will say about this is that the men that I have met who are, who do crisis pregnancy counseling on the sidewalk, I haven't met a whole ton, but I do know some, um, they say they have a huge success rate. And that's because women look to men. Like it's just in our being as a woman women look to men for safety for comfort for you know we look to men and we just automatically think that they have authority like it's just i'm not trying to be like you know what it's just human nature it's literally just human nature so um i would say men's place is on the sidewalk you know women's place is too but men men should be doing that you know because if um woman sees a you know nice looking young man say, Hey, I can help you get help. You know, she's going to want that because likely her boyfriend has abandoned her. You know, that's what she's looking for is help in that way. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I completely agree. I've seen so many women change their minds when they talk to a pro-life man because they, they're looking for that stability. They're looking for someone who's willing to help, who's a man, you know? So yeah, completely agree. What are some misconceptions about the pro-life movement? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, what are like the most basic, like common ones? Saying that we're only pro-birth, mm. um, which is honestly such a dumb thing because it's like, okay, yes, we're pro getting the baby to be alive at birth. Like we'd rather not have a dead baby. Yes, we're pro-birth. We're pro-infants being born alive. Of course we are. But, um, you know, it also just shows the naivety of people and the fact that they probably haven't looked into a lot. Let them live helps women and their children, like, up to a year after birth. They are not just pro-birth. But the other thing about that argument is it's totally it's, – it's putting, it's putting a whole child's life on the hands of the pro-life movement. We never said that we're trying to, you know, that we're, we're trying to – make it so that like parents don't have any responsibility. All we're trying to do, literally all we're trying to do is to make it so that children are alive. Like that Mm -hmm. it is true. That's all we're trying to do. We can't, any movement that has, that started like cherry picking and taking on all these other issues hasn't been successful. The slavery movement was about banning slavery. The pro-life movement is about banning abortion. That is what we are about. So Saying that we're just pro-birth basically implies that, you know, that we don't care about anything besides, like, the child coming out of the birth canal. No, it doesn't. We care about the health of the mother. Mothers are – their mental health 
goes down the drain after abortions. Their physical health often, often goes down the drain. But the fact is we do want we do want children to be born. So if that's what pro-birth is, then that's what pro-birth is. Um, and maybe just one other one. What What is another misconception of a pro-life movement? Um, I guess that it's that it's all white men, you know, and it's mm-hmm. all men. I, I thought that this was kind of like, that we had kind of like gotten over this, but I was, I was seeing like videos about it the other day, you know, that, oh, if abortion was up to, or it was, if men could get pregnant, then abortion would be legal. Men would get, be getting abortions every day. Um, it's like, look at the leaders in the pro-life movement, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. look at anybody. It, it's women, you know, it's women primarily li- leading this movement. It is not a man's movement. Um, it but look who the people are pushing the pro-choice movement. They're right. all men. Right. Men should be more involved. But exactly like Amber said, look at the people who are pro- pushing the pro-choice movement. It's men trying to control women. Like, isn't this kind of what, you know, shouldn't women be angry about this? All women. So that's what I would say. No, I completely agree. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy how backwards it is. It really is. How do you go about explaining your faith to people who don't believe in God to begin with? Um, I personally always start with my testimony. Because nobody can die, deny your, nobody can die. Nobody can deny your own testimony. So if you, mm-hmm. if somebody does not believe in God, I can still tell them my testimony and my personal experience. Because even if um, they don't believe in God, it's still my experience, right? Right. And then right. usually, yeah. yeah. And there's also like a lot of different apologetic ways to go about it. But for me, I like to win the person you know, by starting that friendship first over just being like, well, God exists because blah, 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 blah. It's just like you want to win the soul, not the argument. Mm-hmm. So you might have to play the long game with them. But for me, I always start with my personal experiences. And then um, from there, if they start asking questions, I usually answer questions. Catholic Answers is a great resource if you have someone asking you questions about Catholicism. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. I don't have any like huge testimony like Amber's that I start with um and I I much more just kind of go with like you really think that like everything in this earth was just like just happened you know it's just like I kind of go with that whole like logic like science doesn't back that up science doesn't back up the fact that the earth just exploded and this all came to be and I also just kind of like talk to them about how like you know most people get to a point where they say there is a higher power, you know, there, there has to be a higher power, you know, there has to be a, a reason for like living your life. There hasn't. So once you kind of begin that conversation, I really do think, and I was even talking to my mom about that the other day. I really do think that once you begin that conversation, once a person starts researching, it ultimately leads to Catholicism. Like mm-hmm. it always does. So just start asking those questions. I would just say in regards to people who don't believe in God, start asking questions. You know, that's, that's a great place. Yes. Yeah. questions is one of the best ways to communicate with people and really understand their worldview, you know. How do you handle pushback from pro-abortion activists? Yeah, um, it's changed for me over the years. Uh, I like to use a lot more sort of satire now, probably ever since I started working for live action. But um, because, you know, I think that especially now in our culture, They've gotten so radical that when you kind of just say back to them what they're saying, but in like a radical way, they'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Like that's right. not what I'd be saying. That's not what I believe. Um, we put out a lot of satirical videos this past year. We did some pro-choice bosses ones about companies who wanted to force their employees to get abortion. I we saw those. so funny. More. But um, I think the best way to kind of just approach it, especially in our world, you know, is like, oh, like oh, so, so there, there's people who aren't human, you know, or there's, there's human who aren't people, you know, oh, does, does pregnancy make a woman just like not a woman anymore? Like, is she something else? You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just saying all those radical questions. And then they're just like, oh, like, that's kind of dumb, you know? So that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. You got to like reword it. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. Their narrative. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Savannah, for hopping on here. Thank and you talking for to having me, Amber. Yeah. I'm so, glad. I'm so glad we got to connect again because yes. I think, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. There's something, you know, you can, and you, you travel all over and I travel all over and we talk to people around the world about our causes and all this stuff, but it's fun to just kind of go back to like, the basics. Where we kind of started, you know, yeah. like to get to chat with each other about, you know, where we where we've 
come, how far we've come and then like what we're doing currently and what our movements are looking like. So of course, 100%. I'm on. Yes. And we're going to do more of these in the future. So stay tuned peoples. Um, but yeah. And then Savannah, where can people find you? So my Instagram is at sav.speakslife and you can kind of just find everything from there. Okay. I'll put it in the description too. So people can find it more easily, but yeah, thank you so much again. We're going to do more of these now that like everything's kind of settled down over the last year and stuff, but I really appreciate you guys coming on and for everybody watching. Um, And with all of that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and don't forget to check out my website at thereligioushippie.com. You can find economy rosaries, haters will be prayed for prayer journals, some St. Jude mugs. Um, And with all of that being said, I will talk to you guys in the next video. All right. Or podcast. Depends on which one. All right. Bye guys. Hi everyone. If you have any advertising inquiries, I am pleased to offer the opportunity to promote your content on my channel. For detailed information regarding pricing, ad length, and other relevant details, please reach out to my manager, Anthony at anthony at crowninternational.us. Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com, and while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening! A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know, through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.